Welcome back to Disney Dependent. I'm Sarah Chilcott. And I'm Burt Reynolds. Woo! We're not hairy enough to be Burt Reynolds. He's back from Tennessee, baby! Wait, wait, is he the hairy one? He's yes. one of the hairy ones. Okay. He's not not mix, hairy. I always mix him up with Tom Selleck. They're the same guy, They're right? They're the same exact okay. person. Same I mustache. I think we've had the same conversation recently. Yeah. Yes. yeah, and you know how I feel about too many names for the same thing. Yeah, but it's different people, Bert dude. Selleck. No. <laughs> those guys need to just form as one mustached white guy. One hairy mm-hmm. mustached. But boy, were they lookers. <laughs> Tom Selleck, Can't Burt remember. Reynolds. Which one has the bigger hog go? Hog? Selleck. Lap hog. Ah. Uh, yeah, Tom probably Selleck. I don't know. I've seen Burt Reynolds in some very small shorts. Yeah. He's pretty confident. I in think Selleck. I'm going to go with Unless Selleck in the end. Is tucking. Just saying. Is That's Tom a possibility. Selleck mustache guy and friends? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got that uh, BDE. He just, he's got that swagger, that three legged <laughs> swagger. Jesus. <laughs> and. Has no one noticed my goddamn shirt? I have. Yeah, it's Dolly Parton. It's wonderful. This is an audio-based show, so no one can see it as I'm presenting it to no <laughs> it's, one. It's Dolly Parton at her best, too, when she's, like, yeah, she's still so round-faced. And, and not to say that she isn't amazing now. But I know what you're but saying. But she's very... Youthful. Skinny, sweet. and this is pre-all the That's right. work. Yeah, so speaking of Dolly, we got this shirt, and Ashley got a shirt as well, at the one and only Dollywood. I cannot wait to hear about this. It was fantastic. Was it actually... It really was. Yeah. It really was. Uh, you need way more time than we had, mm-hmm. just like any good amusement park. And we had and we teenagers were... in tow. Well, not even like 11-year-olds. Ah. We had two very sweet 11-year-olds. Did you kidnap kids? <laughs> well, no. It was just the, the dynamic of the vacation we were on. We were... You, you kidnapped children. That was our dynamic. Who are these 11-year-olds is what I'm asking. They're... Uh, you, you take it, Ash. My aunt's... Your aunt's granddaughter and granddaughter's cousin. Got it. Okay. Ava is granddaughter. Maddie is cousin of Ava. Yes. Okay. Very two sweet 11-year-old girls. Um, Just, we had, I mean, we had a great time with those two. They were like our kids for Mm -hmm. the week. We went everywhere. We did escape rooms. Twice. We went to the arcade. Two separate escape rooms together. They were the best. Um, we went to the mysterious mansion, yeah. Which was oh my god! A, it was a haunted house in Gatlinburg, a year-round haunted house in mm-hmm. Gatlinburg, and and we thought it was a casual walkthrough where it would be like kind of a spooky, like you read some placards and mm-hmm. this is the ghost of the blah blah blah, you know, easy going. And at one point, Maddie in the afternoon, who's again the sweetest kid ever, she's like. So, do you think there's like jump scares or there'd be like people jumping out at you? James, nah. I was like, no, 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 no. no. That's not what this is. Yeah. Dude. It was like like living through. I mean, Saw. Saw. Or Hustle. It was one of the most intense, <laughs> scary. <laughs> no. All it was was jump scares. All it was was grown adults psychopaths in following you around in the dark with trap doors and like, I mean, Really scary for two people that love horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where we really fucked up was Aunt Linda showed up with 
a six-year-old kid, Luca. <gasps> a seven or another six-year-old. How old is uh, Lily? I think she's seven or eight. So, little kid. Mm-hmm. Another little kid. And then the two 11-year-olds, your cousin Jen, who's 30-something. So, yeah. And, and even one of the 11-year-olds started tearing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was really James, intense. Let me paint a picture for you. <laughs> oh, my God. We're in the, the adjust your eyes room. There's like a parlor that you go into that you just like, it's like more dimly lit so that you can adjust your eyes to the total blackness that you're about to live in for the next half hour. Oh, God. And yeah. then there is a secret passageway that opens. And James has decided he's going to be up first because he's the big, strong man. Yeah. Right. And so, so my cousin and... So it's me, my cousin, and then James pushing the secret door open. Mm-hmm. And the second that he sees the dark hallway, he runs to the back. I leave <laughs> Ashley to die. I, of course. I bailed immediately. I, I knew led, exactly how that story was going to go. Yeah. I led, I had to go through the entire thing first. Yeah. Every At one point, I went through first, but room. most of the rooms you were leading the way. Yes. At one point, though, children I, had, clutching. I had three kids holding my arm. Yes. <laughs> I had Lily the whole time. Yes. It was me. I was just dragging her through. Yeah. yeah like, just coaching keep, her. Keep your eyes closed, Lily. <laughs> I kept <laughs> telling her. I don't know what we're going to see. I mean, there was a guy with, like... You, you know, the band Slipknot? Uh-huh. One of the guys has, like, these crazy dread, like, rope scary things coming from his head. It's hard to uh-huh. explain. Basically, just weird dreads. And he was wearing that mask. And he and these guys didn't give a shit that these six-year-olds were bawling. No, yeah. Like, I can't. Not just crying and like, I'm scared. Like, I physically can't go forward. <laughs> I won't. You can't make me. Oh I'm God. done. I want out. Trying to push the emergency exit. They want. They're done. Yeah. I thought Aunt Linda was like, okay, I'm calling it. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. And these costumed motherfuckers are they digging just it. Leaned into it. Oh God! They were such assholes, but in I, the best way. I loved way. it. I was so happy. <laughs> At one point, I heard one of them giggling. He was just laughing so hard. And these children are traumatized. Oh, so life. traumatized, like legitimately traumatized. Especially with that <laughs> poor kid. And he was so brave going into it. I know. We did a ghost tour two nights before. A uh-huh. walking ghost tour. Right. And you just walk through a very touristy town called Gatlinburg. And there were some gnarly points. He's talking it's about like, like suicide. suicide and yeah. yeah. This kid fell from the tower. Decapitation. And died. Uh-huh. We go to a cemetery. So it's like adult stuff, but with little kids around. Right. And I remember us feeling, because it was our idea to do this. Yeah. And I remember feeling a little guilty about it. I don't because. I never said it was a good idea for That's little true. children. Right. Never. Not ever. They it, just said they're just coming. showed up with the kids. Just happened. Yeah. And then when we were buying the tickets, the lady was like, just so you know, we really don't recommend this That's for, for the, little kids. That's for the Haunted Mansion. To be, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, totally. To be clear. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason I brought up the ghost, the walking ghost tour was Luca was loving it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Six-year-old. He was loving it. But that's kind of what you were expecting from that's this right. other thing, too. And so was he. Yeah. And within room number one, we're like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. And you have to keep going forward. Right. Oh, my God. I'm, like, panicked myself just thinking about having to go through that. And I'm almost 43. There's, like, hallways get smaller and smaller. You have to find the doorway. There's obstacles. No, thanks. It was wild. They're, like, doing, like... Crazy wild. like parkour and like climbing and like swinging from things and stuff. And so, they like, pop out in oh, little jack in the box boxes, you know, out of nowhere. Yeah. 
um, at one point we get totally lost. Remember the room with the bed? Yes. It's like a creepy little girl sleeping in the bed. No. And we get totally lost. It's just black walls and you can barely see. And we've pushed on everything. We're like, I don't know where the I door is. I can't find the door. And then a ghoulish man standing in the corner making all the kids cry mm-hmm. looked right at me and stomped his foot. So I got, so he got my attention. Uh-huh. And then he just pointed. Because it was like, like clearly hey, these idiot, idiots aren't way. finding the door. Yeah. Stomp, stomp, point. Like, there's only so much yeah. we can do in this room to scare them. They're running out of time. They're running out of time. We got to get them moving. So he, he saved us a little bit. Then we get out. Kids are sobbing outside. There's fresh air. We're trying to like, it's okay. It wasn't real. It's all good. The Slipknot guy comes jumping out of the thing and chases one of the kids to the street. No. Yes. Chases her chases down them. the street. And then comes back and puts his hand up for a high, high five. Yeah. One of the two six-year-olds gives him a high five back. She stops crying immediately because then she realizes he's a real person. Mm-hmm. Right. And I kept saying like, see, he's... It, Pretend he's your dad. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. He's pretending. Now she's terrified of her dad. <laughs> she's scared of her dad. Yeah, Luca wasn't having it. I was like, Lily, think about how crazy that is. That guy woke up this morning and he had cereal and he got ready for work. And then he got to do this today and he's going to get a paycheck for it. Yeah. It was the only thing <laughs> that was keeping her Just demystify it. Yeah, totally. So that was wild. And now oh, I, I need to move to Gatlinburg so that I can work there. Yeah. So that would be great. Gatlinburg is a crazy place it's it's like the most touristy uh disneyland town in the middle of the smoky mountains in tennessee Mm -hmm. so it's really fun but kind of like vegas where you you, there's an expiration date right it's a couple days of arcades and very touristy tgif and Mm -hmm. starbucks and you know every escape rooms the hatfields and mccoy's dinner theater hatfield and mccoy dinner theater feud the feud, which was as bonkers as you could imagine. Mm-hmm. I also had one of like the biggest deals in my career happen that night before I went into the dinner. Nice. Like as you, we were all sitting down, I left to take a call. I came back in just, it's so excited. And then the Hatfield and fucking McCoy's <laughs> dinner theater starts. The hoedown's <laughs> about to start. James. Yeah. You have to come back. <laughs> The, Remember the diving dogs into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie, one of the eleven-year-olds, she kept asking because she was so curious about the real story. Mm-hmm. She's like, "So that's real? These two families like had a war with each other?" Like, yeah, that's all real. And during the whole show, she's like, "Is this accurate to the like the real story?" I'm like, "Not no. at all, honey. Not no. not at all. <laughs> this is just fun." I already missed those kids. They were just an absolute blast. Where do they live generally? North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Really fun. Maddie's like kind of tomboyish. She loves wearing like NFL hats and basketball shorts. Yeah. She was just my my buddy for the whole week. Yeah. We we did everything. It was really fun. Um, And we saw a gazillion black bears everywhere in the mountains. Oh, yeah. Sweet. I don't know. A dozen. They're Mm -hmm. everywhere. Chased the kids at one point. That was pretty fun. You know, it didn't chase the kids. They thought, they thought the bear was. Everything, like, there was a whole conversation about what not to do if you see a bear. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't run. Don't scream and run. And what do they do? Everyone just starts screaming at the top of their lungs keep and your, running around. Keep your dogs on. A, there was two dogs outside. Mm-hmm. A gazillion kids running and screaming from, from Mama Bear. Could have been bad. James, do you remember the bees on Savi Island? Uh, no. When we, we were there, this was probably 10 years ago at this point, 
we were all there and I saw like a cloud coming towards us and I was like, <laughs> what is that? And then it started getting closer and closer and it started buzzing and I was like, oh my God, it's a giant swarm of bees. And I, I really. yelled, everybody get down. And everyone dropped to their knees except you. You were running through the swarm of bees. Sounds about right. It passed over. No one got stung. But me. But it was like a... No, I did that for And then you it guys. was just silence. I'm a and hero. And everyone just looked up like, James. You know, Sarah, I do remember that moment. I remember thinking, now's the time to be heroic. And I took I'm going to take team. one for the team. It was just a big that. swarm that was trying to find a new hive or something. It was on the move. That's so funny. It didn't care about us, but it was like at the height of the killer bees and everybody was freaking yeah. out about all these bees. Yeah. It was so funny. That's awesome. Yeah. My kids still um, talk about that all the time. The time that James, the, the Uncle James. The time that James had zero <sighs> survival instincts. I don't remember instincts. that at all. Like, at all. That's hilarious, though. <laughs> I love that it had a lasting memory on your children. <laughs> I teach children good things. Yeah. Run! Um, yeah, no, uh, Dollywood was great. It was mm -hmm. really fun. We only, we felt a little constricted because we kind of got stuck with babysitting for the day. Yeah. And so the, we were a little limited. You know, we're used to our own pace when we right. go to parks together. So we didn't do a lot of that. But at some point, we just put our foot down and we're like, all right, it's adult time. You're stuck with us. We're just going to go be boring adults mm -hmm. for a while. You're just going to have to stick around with us. Mm -hmm. We're going to go look at Dolly Parton's cabin. Uh, a little uh, church. A little church. There's an actual operating church. You know you're in the South when there's a real chapel in, in the amusement, an amusement park. park. That has actual wow. Sunday service. It's really cute. Real Baptist That's church. That's cool. Yeah. And a grist mill. A grist mill. Oh, it was, yeah. it was so cute. We talked about grist. We sure did. I don't remember what it was, though. Um... I just re-listened to it, and I still couldn't tell you. I want to say it had something to do with corn. I think it's like a a flour thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. A wheat. Okay. The weather was strange. Yeah, it was for, raining for the whole time. a lot of the time we were there. It was mm. kind of drizzly. The day we went, it was raining the whole time. But we did agree, I think everyone agreed, that it was better than 90 degrees and 90% humid. humidity. Totally. Which is the way it is there when it's not raining. That's something about the South that I know about myself now. There's two things I know about myself. One, I can't do the weather in the South. Yeah. That is a level of humidity that I, I'm not Simply made for. Simply too much. Simply too much. Yeah. And we spent one day in Dallas. Blah, blah. <laughs> 9 a.m. and it was 90 degrees and 100 and whatever percent humidity. <laughs> Just awful. With giant bugs hitting your face and you're like, what? How? Why? Why? I live yeah. here. Also, friendly PSA, never fly American Airlines. Don't ever do it. Not Don't ever, ever do it. Like, really, if you can avoid it, we there's no way to describe the level of hell we went through mm -hmm. with those people. Yeah. At every turn, those bastards could have helped us, made our day a little bit better. And they were just so incompetent and rude doesn't even describe how yeah. they are. It's like, like they, they disdain don't, for the customer. Yeah. They just don't give two shits about your humanity. That's the difference. Like you get a rude waiter or a rude customer service experience. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. They like, they didn't care if we slept on the street. They didn't care if we starved. They didn't care about us at all. Yeah. Like, you know, fuck you. I mean, we almost had to stay a second day. 
That's so crazy. We there almost was didn't a, take off There again. was a mom there with a little kid, and she had to stay a second day. Yeah, she was sobbing. By herself. And she we watched the English. interaction with oh the lady. God. She was like, no, I'm sorry. You know, click, 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 click. Not even yep, looking yep, at her. Yep. You're on standby for the next one. Good luck. Bye. Just chewing gum. <laughs> yeah, awful. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the, this, the second thing I learned about myself when it comes to the South mm-hmm. is that I am way more liberal than I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I kind of thought you way, were going to go that direction. Way more liberal than yeah, I thought I was. definitely. Because, you know, we live in lefty Portland, Oregon. Right. So if you're anything so if you're, but... Yeah, if you're not Antifa, you right. come across a little conservative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so because I have some centrist political views, I, I often... Like, even old friends from here, they're like, man, you look kind of conservative now. Like, I'm really not. Right. Trust me, when I go to rural Tennessee, I I realize how, uh, especially socially liberal I am. Definitely. (laughs) Yes. I couldn't do it. James is a city mouse. Yeah, I I couldn't live in that at all. There's MAGA everywhere. And like, yeah, I don't mind rural. I don't mind conservative. No. I don't mind any of that. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, actual Confederate flags. Actual, like, they don't speak in full sentences. Like, I'm <laughs> such a West Coast elitist turd, and I know it. And I'm okay with it now. West Coast for life, man. Ugh. What? what? Ugh. Well, so that's I, my spiel about the South. I hear something. Oh. oh, I was just going to say, if you do ah. live in the South, doesn't mean we hate you. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> This just in, (laughs) this is going to be an odd episode because we're not in sync at all. It is 84 and sunny at not Disneyland. And it's 82 degrees and sunny at Disneyland. Shoot. Basically the same. And try at least. Okay, it is a special time of year. It is the time of year where we celebrate America's birthday. We celebrate... That's right. James's birthday. America. And we celebrate Sarah's birthday. Oh, yeah. Uh, and when I originally planned out what days we would record what episodes, I had them different in my head. Mm. So this episode is going to be in celebration of James, even though it comes out about a week after his birthday. Yep. That's and okay. the next episode is going to be in honor of Sarah. And that also comes out about a week after her birthday. Works for me. It's okay. The people know what's up. They do. Okay, so today, this week, we're honoring one of James's heroes in a strange way. Hmm. We're honoring Ferris Bueller <gasps> from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He is one of my... I didn't know this, by the way. That's awesome. Yeah, this, he is one of my real heroes. But we're not just talking about Ferris Bueller. We're talking about the cast of Ferris Bueller's Day Off and the many, many crimes <gasps> of the people who are in it. No. Oh, yeah, that's right. Broderick, he's I, got a crime. I can't think of anything I know of. Oh, this strap is all in. new for me. Strap yeah, in. there's a pretty dark one he was a part of. Okay, we're going to lead off with that. Okay. okay. Our first crime. Great. Is two of the stars. It is Matthew Broderick and Jennifer Grey. Okay. So, on August 5th, 1987, while driving a rented BMW on the Tempo Road outside Tempo, Northern Ireland. Let me, sorry, interrupt. Jennifer Grey plays the sister? Yes. She's the one from Dirty Dancing? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
Broderick crossed into the wrong lane while driving and collided head-on with a Volvo, killing both passengers. Oh, my God. Yeah. The driver, Anna Gallagher, 28, and her mother, Margaret Doherty, 63. He was vacationing with actress Jennifer Grey, whom he had begun dating in semi-secrecy during the filming of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The crash was what publicly revealed their relationship. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So the actor, who apparently had not been drinking... So I okay. can't find anything that says that there was any drinking going on. Okay. Although it's Ireland. I mean. Right. They were yeah. like, you know, within reason. Exactly. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, he deal. spent four weeks in a Belfast hospital with a fractured leg and ribs, a collapsed lung and a concussion. Jeez. Gray's injuries included severe whiplash, which later required surgery to avoid paralysis. Both women in the other car were killed instantly. Broderick told police that he had no recollection of the of the crash and did not know why he had been in the wrong lane. Quote, what I first remember is waking up in the hospital with a very strange feeling going on in my leg. Mm. He was charged with causing death by dangerous driving and faced up to 10 years in prison, but was convicted on the much lesser charge of careless driving and was fined 100 pounds, which was about 175 US dollars. Are you kidding? I mean, it was an accident. Yes. Sure. But... You but that's a even, big difference. Yeah, I mean, that could be, it's called involuntary manslaughter here. Yes. Right. The victim's family called the verdict a travesty of justice. Hmm. So the victim's brother and son, Martin Doherty, later forgave Broderick amid plans to meet him in 2003. Quote, there was a note after the accident from him saying how sorry he was, but no other contact, Martin Doherty said. I would like a private meeting just between the family and him. I would like to reassure him that there are no bad feelings from us. Martin hoped that their sit-down would finally bring some closure to his life. Quote, he didn't kill my mother and sister deliberately. There were strong feelings at the time, but I have since forgiven him and feel no anger toward him. This meeting never took place, though, and Martin has never heard from Broderick. Wow. wow. In February 2012, when Broderick was featured in a multi-million dollar Honda commercial that aired during the Super Bowl, Doherty said that the meeting had still not taken place at that point. Mr. Doherty believes that another actor should have been chosen for the advertisement, saying, <laughs> quote, I suppose it wasn't the greatest choice of drivers, knowing his past. I suppose at the end of the day, it was years ago. I have forgiven what he has done. I mentioned that at the time. I've always said that an accident happened. It is certainly not something that you want to happen to anyone. It wasn't premeditated. We all know many people in the north of Ireland who have died over the years, and somebody sat down and planned it. Right. As I said, it certainly was not a great choice of driver. I am sure there are plenty of stars over there they could have got to have done the advertisement. Yeah. Maybe he hasn't had a good hard think about it himself, he added. And when was that? 2012. Okay. I mean, it had been a while. But still, I mean, if I, yeah, I could understand. It just still probably always feels fresh to the family. Of course. And it's a specific commercial about driving. Him behind the wheel of a car. Yeah. I'm Matthew Patrick driving a car. What could go wrong? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that wow. could be triggering. Broderick has publicly acknowledged that he is haunted by the accident. Quote, oh, I bet. It was extremely difficult coming to grips with what happened, but in time I felt better about that terrible experience. Therapy helped. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry if you said it. Did he have to pay out to the family a settlement? Of 175 U.S. dollars. That's crazy. See, that's the only part that really kind of irks me. It's almost like, don't charge him anything. Yeah. Like, 175 dollars? Right. That just feels so 
yeah insulting (laughs) it's crazy I don't like, I mean, who the fuck knows the behind the scenes things, but right. I don't like that he hasn't met with the guy. I don't like, like that either. Especially after saying that he was going to, or at and, least his publicist saying he was going to. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and it's one thing if it's like some other average ass guy in Ireland that mm-hmm. accidentally did this, but it is a multimillionaire famous Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just saying, he could have, you know, here's a couple hundred k (laughs) make things a little better for you yeah i don't know what do i know well that's it for matthew broderick and jennifer gray didn't jimmy fallon have one too did jimmy fallon part of one i have no idea maybe i'm just making that up i feel like jimmy fallon was part of some i hit someone story and we don't talk about it (laughs) let's just let's just say that's the truth you know what that's the fact now jimmy fallon jimmy fallon killed a guy jimmy Jimmy fallon (laughs) (laughs) these mics are hot we can say whatever the fuck we want that's right we're starting rumors every day you know what this reminds me that now when i schedule the episodes on spotify spotify for podcasters Mm -hmm. is the new platform it forces me to select clean or explicit and i've been selecting clean (laughs) (laughs) really i I wonder what that does i don't know i don't know dana not that bad (laughs) i just thought of the very sweet gentleman i met at starbucks he was so kind and i did warn him this is a, a, a Disney show, an irreverent Disney show, I think is how I explained it. And uh, so hopefully he's prepped. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of um, irreverent Disney content, mm. it's in no way irreverent Disney content. I also warned him and other people that we don't exclusively cover Disney content There anymore. you go. Then You know what, John? What are you complaining about? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Stop it with all the hate mail, hey, John. Hey, man. <laughs> We're moving on yes. to Jeffrey Jones. Oh, orange hair guy. Oh, oh, I forgot. Is this the principal? Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, he's Principal bad. Rooney. Yeah, he's a creepo. It sucks because he's in so many things I love. Yeah, but he's a creep in everything. So it works. He's a creep in Howard the Duck. Oh, yeah, he is. He's fine in Beetlejuice. He's yeah. good in Beetlejuice. He, he's good in Beetlejuice. Yeah. But he's yeah. a creep in that just because he's creepy, period. He's just creepy. He's in Deadwood. He is in Deadwood. Really? I can't remember that. Yeah, he plays like the the newsman, the print oh, man. Oh, yeah. No, something. I do remember that. Yeah, he's not in it a ton. Um, well, you know what he's into a ton? Child pornography. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's so cool, I man. did know about this, but I don't remember any details, so. Jared I don't want too Subway many details. Jared and but... Jeffrey should go hang out. Yeah. Have a good time. It's Jeffrey Jones? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was arrested in 2002 in Hollywood after a year-long child porn investigation. Mm. The 56-year-old character actor at the time was charged with a felony count of using a minor in a sexually oriented film and misdemeanor count of possession of child pornography. Jones's accuser, a 17-year-old boy who was 14 when the abuse occurred, came forward a year prior and alleged criminal acts of a sexual nature. That, just to clarify, Jeffrey was, I hate calling a grown man Jeffrey. Get a real man's name. <laughs> Jeffrey, Zachary, Timmy. No. Sorry, Jeff Jeffrey, now, Zachary, man. and Timmy out there. James doesn't really mean it. He's oh, just talking. <laughs> God, even my grown-ass man dad doesn't go by Jimmy other than his wife. Because that's cute. Jimmy. No one calls him Jimmy. He's Jim. 
I have He's no a grown prob- man. I have no problem with Jimmy. But do you have a problem with Jeffrey? I was thinking yeah, of Almost Famous. A little bit. Jeffrey Lebowski? Uh, no, an Almost Famous when They're on the plane. They're mm-hmm. about to die. And everyone starts admitting things. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, the singer admits that he slept with the guitar player's girlfriend. And then she fires back, shut up, Jeffrey. <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> and he's like, Jeffrey. <laughs> what were you going to say? I don't even fucking know. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, no, I was clarifying. Did Jeffrey, was it that he he did something on camera with this kid or he was just observing porn? She's nodding her head. Yes. He did something with a kid. Ugh. I don't Both know, are not great. I don't know what it is. is and I don't know if it goes beyond this one person, but it's enough. Okay. So Jeffrey's accuser, who was 17 when the arrest happened, it was 14 when the abuse occurred. He came forward a year prior and alleged the criminal acts of a sexual nature. Uh, and a pl- police spokesman said that there were numerous items of evidence seized from Jones's house. Ew, none of those evidence pieces are good. No. For several months, detectives conducted an extensive investigation into the allegations made against Jeffrey Jones. The same probe targeted Jones's pal and fellow Tim Burton movie alumnus, Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. Right. As part of... No, he's not, ugh, from what I know. No, just Pee Wee Herman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. It's so weird and I love it, but I understand the ugh. Yeah. There's a little bit more ugh now that I've read this. With Paul Rubens? Mm-hmm. Oh, bummer. I always thought that was just a, a gay guy that was whacking off in a theater and people were weird about it. And it was yeah. Like, Who, oh, you're better than that? You know, right. I thought it was like, like come on. <laughs> just a, oh, who among us hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, as part of that investigation, police searched Ruben's home and carted off boxes of material, including computers and what Ruben's uh, spokesperson described uh. as a collection of, quote, vintage erotica. Okay, so far, so, so far, fine. So far, kind of gross, but not horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The spokesperson said that there was no underage porn found at the house and okay. no charges were filed against Rubens. Okay. But days later, police searched Jones's house, saying that they were acting on leads found among Rubens' belongings. Okay. So something in the things that he had seized yeah. made them. them think that Jeffrey Jones would have this material that doesn't necessarily mean rubens was partaking in that though sounds like you're a rubens apologist yes it's Um, a good sandwich it's a good guy (laughs) i'm a rubens fan all around i do like a good ruben i do too but it'd probably make me vomit as you well know so i don't know actually no i don't think that would it's actually pretty basic food yeah it's pastrami right pastrami sauerkraut all things i like thousand island yeah rye bread i wouldn't want like a lot of it I just don't I think there's cheese on it too, right? There should be. Yeah. That, Swiss? Yeah, sure. Provolone? Provolone. Uh, a white cheese of There's some a kind. white cheese. Ash, you're going to have to keep us on track. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you all. <laughs> Jones's attorney, Leonard Levine, spoke of his client hoping to move on with his life and reasserted that the charges against the Beetlejuice star had not involved any sex acts. He says, quote, he's not accused of touching or having physical contact with any minors whatsoever. He didn't do anything of that nature. He hopes the public understands that this was an aberration in his life, one mistake in judgment. So what did he do? It was just a case about photographs. 
He hopes that at some point the public will forgive him and he can go on with his life and his career. Oh, so he took photographs. Sounds like he paid a little kid. Yeah, 14-year-old. A 14-year-old. Picture that in your head. Mm -hmm. Do you know that's roughly 14? Mm -hmm. Got it? Okay, gross. Mm -hmm. This little boy paid him to do something without touching him. Right. Mm -hmm. Let your imagination. Multiple pieces of material. Super gross. Super awful. Super gross. She got to prison forever. Ugh. Yep. Okay. Uh, Jones's other attorney, Jeff Brody, said that his client was cooperating with the authorities and that, quote, this is all about photos. There's not allegations of any touching or any improper acts with a minor. This will be resolved very quickly so he can get Ugh. on with his life and get back to work. Wait, wait, it's not fucking true. That is, you know, just because he wasn't touching, that doesn't mean it wasn't inappropriate actions with minors. It's still abuse. Take, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Taking pictures of minors in a sexual way in any capacity is is not just illegal, but morally awful. He's yucky. Right? It's yeah. real yucky. It's real yucky. The lawyer continued to say that Jones is, quote, a very decent guy and his life shouldn't be ruined. Okay. Sure, Jones sure, whatever. Okay. <laughs> was sentenced to five years probation and ordered to register as a sex offender and undergo counseling by a Los Angeles Superior Court judge. See, that's what I don't understand. I mean, where do you guys land on that? You take pictures of a 14-year-old doing God knows what. Look, he wasn't just taking pictures of him on a swing set. You know, it was sexual in nature, obviously. Um, Is five years probation enough? Or should he go behind bars for a while? I don't know. I think there's way too many nuances about situations like this where it's like, yeah, is it? Was it intentionally sexual? Was it perceived sexual? Did the kid not realize it was until later? Did Jones not intend it to be sexual? And it was. Yeah. And, you know, who knows what happened? I'm just assuming if it were very sexual in nature, you let your imagination go. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, he should he should go behind bars for at least a couple of years. And That's I think why. that a probation shouldn't, it should just be like a lifelong yeah, you're well, now. If you cross that line, you don't get to uncross it. No. Yeah, and he it's does a, have and to it's keep, a societal thing. He does have to keep on the sex offender registry, though. Right. Good. And that's Good. a yearly thing that you have to do. It's actually mm-hmm. something California is still pretty strict on. So that's mm-hmm. why I was curious about that. Well, so Jones said, "Quote: This concludes a really painful chapter in my life. I'm sorry that this incident was allowed to occur." Which I don't like the way he said that. No, allowed to occur. That's like no. I'm sorry for. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry you let me have you your 14 feel, year old. Yeah, I'm sorry that you feel sad. It's yeah, like the guy from Seventh Heaven. Yes, the, da- the guy that plays the yeah, dad. Yeah, he he kind of had the same type of apology. Um, continues. He says such an event has never happened before, and it will never happen again. Okay. But Jones has not kept up with his sex offender status requirements. Jones was arrested twice for failing to update his status, first in Florida in 2004, and then six years later in California. Oh, when he moves, you have to notify. Mm -hmm. And every year, even if you don't move, every year you have to meet your qualifications. Interesting. And Which, which, by the way, I'm sure is very laborious. And every time it's like, you know... uh, it's probably pretty painful for you, especially if you've on the road to recovery or whatever. But tough shit. Well, that's which that's part what, of recovery is accountability for yourself. Exactly. Well, and these are children. Yeah. And they are way more important than your convenience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone around you has a a societal right, 
parents have a right to know who's a sexual predator. Totally. <laughs> like, and then you get to decide how much proximity you know you're right. allowed to have with this person. Or well, not. speaking of that, um, if if he was hoping to get back to that B-list stardom that he once enjoyed, the public had other plans. Yeah. In 2006, a South Carolina community spoke out about him filming locally. Mm. Upon learning of his involvement in the film Who's Your Caddy, okay. mm-hmm. locals insisted that the public should have been alerted to his presence, considering that families were being invited to visit the set. Of course. Seems fair. Yep. That's what I'd want as a parent. So there was an uproar yeah. about it. Of course. And then in 2019, with the release of Deadwood the movie, Jones's crime was noted by the media heavily. Mm. So the typical punishment for failing to update one's sex offender status was 250 hours worth of community service. So a spokesperson for the district attorney's office said at the time that he violated this that, quote, Jones will most likely be picking up trash along roadways. He'll be making freeway pumpkins, they said, referring to the bright orange garbage <laughs> bags used by cleanup crews. Right. Freeway pumpkins. <laughs> <That's cute>. <laughs> <laughs> I love those. <laughs> In addition to community service, Jones would get three more years of probation. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and I I mean, uh, Deadwood, I think off the top of my head, was the last thing I remember him being in. Mm-hmm. And that was before 2006. That was like 2004, I want to say. Could but be the, wrong. The movie was 2019. Right. Was he in it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the guy that created and directed and wrote uh, Deadwood is a pretty weird guy. Also, it's a, <laughs> it's a story about absolute degenerates. So, yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Boy, is it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so good. San Francisco cocksucker. Swingin. 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 Okay, now, finally, we're getting to someone who's not in a lot of the movie, yeah. but has been in a lot of trouble. <laughs> okay. We're talking Charlie Sheen. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Jeez yeah, Louise. And I'm not even going to get into the whole drugs thing or the $53,000 a year that he spent on sex workers. Instead, let's talk about his extensive history of violence. So that's what I was wondering about Charlie Sheen. Because drug addiction, and when I tell you it doesn't even register on my, like, you're a bad person, I, I mean, I really mean that. Yeah, I do too. Even if you're in the deepest, darkest... Yep. You know, I'm pretty open about my struggles with that over the years. Addiction is a disease. It's a real thing. Yeah. It's not an option. When you're in it, you're genetically, you're fucked. Yes. And again, about accountability, it is up to you to get help and figure it out, just like mental health and whatever. But that's so, I I always thought that a lot of Charlie Sheen's business was about that. So I'm yeah. uh, pretty curious. Yeah, no, he's a more. very violent piece of shit. Interesting. Like mm. domestic abuse, yes. violence. Yeah. I mean, I, I figured, but yeah, I was yeah. hoping that wasn't the case. So first up, we have Kelly Preston. Okay. Mm-hmm. So back in 1990, Sheen made headlines due to an incident in which Kelly Preston, who he was engaged to at the time. Is that, sorry, is that John Travolta's wife? Yes. yes. Okay. Or as you say, a beard. Yes, his beard. <laughs> Very unflattering God, term, but. God rest her soul. We all know. <laughs> Um, Travolta's gay. She yeah. was shot. Really? She yes. was shot by Charlie Sheen. Or she was shot. She was, was shot. Yeah, yep. Gotcha. Uh, media speculated that maybe it was Sheen who mm. had accidentally shot Preston in her arm. Mm-hmm. But Sheen had a different story. Quote, she, okay, James, you're a gun owner. Yeah. Tell me if they think that this makes any sense. Okay. 
Quote, she lifted my pants off the scale in the bathroom and the tiny revolver I used to carry. It fell out of the back jeans pocket and hit the floor and shot a bullet right between her legs, said the actor during his My Violent Torpedo of Truth tour. Quote, so she got hit with shrapnel from the toilet bowl. I mean, it. it's possible. The word revolver makes me think that it is technically possible. But if it were any kind of modern revolver, it's very not likely, like very, very not likely. The only way that that would be possible is if you have an old, like an old West revolver. Old Deadwood revolver. Yeah, like that's called a single action gun where the, the, the hammer, when it falls, it hits the firing pin and goes off. Mm-hmm. That's why like in old West, they're always doing that thing where mm-hmm. they're like cocking it back. Yeah. Modern guns, you can make it single action by pulling it back. So if he had it set like that for some reason, which is in his blue jeans dangerous back pocket and dumb that was sitting on top of a scale, right? Um, no, most of those are fairly drop safe, if not exclusively drop safe. Yeah, yeah, that it's, that seems very fishy. And if this were the only thing, I'd be like, hey, you know what? And I'd give yeah, him a, exactly. a mulligan, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> and does she say that? That's well, what, what did happened. She say? I don't know. I think that it was dropped. It was just yeah. let go. Right. Wow. He, he's got money and power. and Damn. You know, yeah. Shit. I mean, his dad is the president. President Bartlett. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bartlett for America. He'll West make Wing? an appearance in this, too. Yeah. It's a deep West Wing reference. Good job. I have only seen a little bit of it. It's the best show ever created. Yeah. But anyway. Um, Sheen continues, for years, people thought there was always this conversation, this discussion about the time I tried to kill Kelly Preston. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. So then, yeah. well, look, just quickly, if it, even if it were the case that the gun that was dropped went off and hit her, he's he's cul- using it he's inappropriately. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there needs to be some responsibility, at least for that alone. Mm-hmm. You know, like at least have uh, modern striker fired guns that don't do that. <laughs> like if you're having a revolver, at least know how to use it and carry it. But there's a reason, just quickly, there's a reason you don't see police officers carrying revolvers anymore. Right. They all have modern handguns that don't do that. Okay, next up we have Brittany Ashland. So in 1996, Charlie Sheen dated porn star Brittany Ashland. Okay. She filed a lawsuit against Sheen um, in February of 1997, claiming that on December 20th, and all of these, there's a lot that happens around Christmas. I think Charlie Sheen has a problem with Christmas. Yeah. Who has a problem with Christmas? Jeez. Sheen. Sheen. So on December 20th, 1996, she says that Sheen grabbed her by the hair and slammed her onto the marble floor of his Agora Hills home, knocking her unconscious and splitting her lips so badly that she required seven stitches. Jeez. That's horrible. The suit also claimed that Sheen forced her to strip off and dispose of her bloody clothes and threatened to kill her if she told anyone about the assault. Wow. The suit charged the actor with assault, battery, negligence, false imprisonment, and emotional distress and asked for unspecified damages. Police investigated the claim and prosecutors quickly filed criminal charges against the actor on February 20th, 1997 for misdemeanor battery with serious injury. Doesn't sound great. 
Sheen's spokesman at the time, Jeff Ballard, called the suit, quote, a cheesy attempt at extortion, saying, quote, it's the typical price you pay for being a celebrity in today's age. Ain't that the truth? I know a lot about that. Yeah. You're (laughs) accused of everything. My fame just gets in the way at this point. (laughs) Yeah. I can't even live in the house. So Sheen initially pleaded not guilty to the charges, but on June 7th, 1997, he entered a plea of no contest to the criminal charges and when... And was sentenced to one year suspended prison term and two years probation. Okay. Judge Lawrence Mira also ordered the star to pay $2,800 in fines and restitution, perform community service, and attend eight counseling sessions. At this sentencing, Sheen told the judge, quote, I feel this is very fair and I'm grateful. You will not see me back in this courtroom. Ha. Wow. Sheen was not able to keep his promise to the judge, however. Not even close. And violated his parole in 1998 after he was turned in by none other than his father, actor Martin Sheen, for a cocaine overdose. Wow. And he was then ordered to undergo drug rehabilitation therapy. That was in 98. It gets so much worse after that. So much worse. (laughs) Speaking of, next we have Brooke Mueller. Okay. So, Charlie was again arrested on Christmas Day in 2009. Wow. After then-wife, Brooke Mueller, called 911 during a fight that began when she said that she wanted a divorce. She told police the actor pinned her on the bed, put a knife to her throat, and threatened to kill her, saying, quote, You better be in fear. If you tell anybody, I'll kill you. Sounds like a cool guy. (laughs) I mean, wild thing. For one second here, I'm going to take Charlie's side and just don't don't ask for a divorce on Christmas Day. Day. Right. Just wait a day. By the way, that's a good point, Sarah. And it shows (laughs) it shows the level of like, I mean, imagine any of us doing that. Right. Because Christmas means something Things to have us. to be oh, yeah. very bad. They have bad. to be so bad, so bad for you to say, I want a divorce on Christmas. So yeah. And for, yeah, I mean, you can tell how much just drama and bullshit he must have lived in all the time, every day. Yeah. The Christmas day meant nothing to him. No. Nothing. So Sheen allegedly told her that he has friends who are cops who would help him. He mm-hmm. says, quote, you better be in fear. If you tell anybody, I'll kill you. I have ex-police I can hire who know how to get the job done, and they won't leave any trace. No, he's just being honest. (laughs) My guess is it's not very honest. I don't think he's got all those friends. Yeah. Yeah. I think he thinks he does. That's true. He probably thinks a lot of things that aren't true. Yeah. So then there's Margarita Palestino. That's a hell of a name. Yeah. It sounds like a... Cat's I mean, name. well, I was gonna say it sounds like a drink, but that's margarita, like, but also palomina. I don't know. It's like there's, paloma. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of constant no syllables. Yep, syllables. <laughs> syllables. That's the word. <laughs> yes. In October 2014, he was sued for quote assault, sexual battery, and intention. Uh, intentional infliction of emotional distress oh, cool. by dental technician Margarita Palestino. According to Palestino, the actor yelled that he was going to kill her when she tried to put a nitrous oxide mask over his mouth. <laughs> he also, quote, grabbed Palestino's left breast area and pulled her scrubs and forcefully punched her chest. Oh, my God. Palestino said that her boss, dentist George Bogan, told her that the actor was under the influence of crack cocaine, theradol, and alcohol. The hell's theradol? It's a good sedative. Sedative. Here's where things get worse. Cool. Now we're moving on to Denise Richards. 
Mm. Sheen's ex-wife and mother to his two children, Denise Richards, claimed that he had threatened to kill her. In 2016, Richards sued Sheen after he kicked her and the kids out of their home, which he had purchased for them. During the legal process, Richards revealed some pretty shocking stuff. Oh, boy. Upset about not being able to spend Christmas with daughters Sam and Lola in 2014, Sheen allegedly told Richards, quote, I'm looking at a picture of your parents sleeping. I had someone go into their house, give Xanax to the dog, and instead of killing them, I'd rather your mom die a slow death from cancer. Oh, my God. I'm not going to do the same to you. If you get between me and my kids, I am going to sever your head and send it to your father, and they will live without their mom in a mansion by themselves without their mom and finally have the relationship with their dad. Wow. Whenever oh someone has God. a uh, testimony like that, it's so specific. Like, you don't, that, you don't just say stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. so specific. It just is very likely to be true. I'm going to sever your head and send it to your father. Right. Wow. Um, Richards revealed the claim in a sworn declaration. He continues. Also, this is Denise Richards in a time... When was this? 2016. Twenty. Yeah. So, I mean, this person had made all of the money you can make. She was as famous as mm-hmm. someone could be. Wildly successful. It's not like... Even if she wasn't, I'm just making a point. that It's not like she needed shit from him. No. You know? Like, she's not going to just go out and talk shit about one of the most famous people in history for no reason. Yeah. Um, And then here's a bunch of texts that he had sent. Okay. It's all misspelled. He's clearly deranged and on something. And it's very upsetting. So if you don't want to hear it, maybe just skip ahead like a minute. Okay. Okay. Hope your holiday sucked, you pig whore. You are playing a dangerous game with your life, pig cunt. You are one jaunt away. How dare you? I will get you one day. Live in fear, you piece of shit. Oh, my God. Later, on January 5th, 2015, Sheen was upset that the kids didn't immediately respond to a text message he sent while the kids were charging their phones, the documents claim. Sheen texted, nothing, after not receiving a response. Then he texts them, tell your mom, go eat pork and die. You are both really fucking rude. Your mom is a loser. In fact, let's see how well you'll do without my money. Another alleged text message reads, quote, you and I are done, friend, which you have none of. You suck as a person, mom, and everything else. Fuck you, Denise. Die like your mom. This was after her mom had just died. Jeez. This is a person that he was married to. Yeah. He was at one point in love with and cared for. I mean, maybe he's not even capable of that. Who knows? We've all been through really horrible stuff in our life. Yeah. As dark, you, when you're in those, you're like, how did I get here? Moments. Mm-hmm. I, and I still couldn't imagine talking to someone like that. No. Not like that. You could say, fuck you forever, you piece of shit. You ruined my life. You know, you and I are done. But, like, all of that, I'm going to cut your head off and you're a terrible mother, just like mm-hmm. your own. Like, ugh. Well, there's more. So the disturbing text messages were relentless and cruel. In one exchange, Charlie kept, uh, says he kept Richard's deceased mother's rotting foot, quote, in case I want a hand job or a snack. What? How is that even possible? What does that mean? I don't know. Daughter Lola texts Sheen to tell him that she thinks that, she, that he treats Richard's <sighs> terribly. He responded, quote, 
Mind your tongue, young lady. If I talked to my parents like this at your age, they'd beat my ass. Show some goddamn respect. And you can't even come home to see your grandpa Martin Sheen for 10 minutes after he's had open heart surgery and almost died last week. Also, not that you care, but your dad is battling a deadly disease, HIV, which was still a secret at the time. Who was? Charlie Sheen. Charlie, yeah. And I'd appreciate a little more respect. Unless you have an apology from me, don't write anything. I'm moving to Mexico. Good luck to you and Sammy. Oh, and you're welcome for all the gifts, Sheen texts. This is his daughter? daughter. Jesus. Young daughter. That is so dark. Lola responds, you are so mean to me. Yeah. Yeah. God. Poor thing. God, I wonder how those kids are doing now. Yep. Remember I was like... <sighs> I mean, you're just a drug addict. Everyone should just relax. <laughs> Everybody calm down. Oh boy. He's got as clean of a rap as Paul Rubens, you know? I mean, he's a that that is evil. Yeah. He's like a real real shithead, huh? It gets worse. Oh, cool. So during oh. <laughs> during the divorce, yeah. Richards alleged that she discovered that Sheen, quote, was accessing gay pornography sites, which she said that she had found, quote, even more disturbing because she felt that the boys looked underage. Mm. Yeah. Richards later alleged that she also discovered porn sites, which she found, quote, very disturbing, that she belonged to, which had scenes that she described as, quote, very young girls who looked underage with pigtails, braces, and no pubic hair performing <sighs> oral sex on each other. Wow. Was that even... Richard says that when she found this, she began arguing with Sheen and Sheen telling her to she needs to look the other way when it came to his porn habits and her telling him it would impact his ability to be a father. Right? Look, of course it would. I got to jack off to some creepy porn. If you want me to be a good dad, you're going to have to mind your own beeswax. (laughs) (laughs) But honey, I think this might impact your ability to be a father. So Sheen then allegedly told Richards, quote, this is your last warning. Don't fuck with me, which she interpreted as a threat on her life. My God. This leads us to the child sex abuse allegations. Okay. So child actor Corey Haim long maintained that he was sexually assaulted on the set of Lucas by an unnamed person, saying in a 2008 interview that he was very awake and very ashamed during the alleged incident. Hmm. Quote, I was just... Coming into Hollywood, man, I was just a horny little kid, like, on drugs, getting fed drugs. Man, by vampires, Ham, Ham told uh, People Magazine. Quote, Corey Haim? Corey Haim. So, which one is which? I always forget. Feldman is the one that's still alive. Okay, got it. Quote, I still blame myself to an extent, but my conscience is much, much more clear. I have come to terms with this long ago, but obviously not totally. Stuff happens when you are a kid. It scars you inside for life. Now, Haim did not name Sheen during this interview, and he never publicly named him. But his other half, Corey Feldman, eventually did. Mm. Feldman first opened up publicly about what he calls the rampant pedophilia in Hollywood during a 2011 interview with ABC and later in his 2013 memoir, Choreography. Get it? Choreography. (laughs) I get it. In his book, he alluded to who Haim's alleged abuser was without including his real name. In choreography, Feldman reminisces about the day that he met Haim and how the pair bonded instantly over their similarities. Feldman says in the passage, quote, Haim started to confide in me about some intensely personal stuff very quickly after that. Within hours of our first meeting, we found ourselves talking about Lucas, the film he made in the summer of 85, the role I had wanted for myself. 
At some point during the filming, he explained, an adult male convinced him that it was perfectly normal for older men and younger boys in the business to have sexual relations, and that it was what all of the, quote, guys do. How old was Sheen in 85? Jeez. We're going to get there. Over 18. Mm-hmm. Um, in his documentary, My Truth, The Rape of Two Corys, Feldman listed the men who he says sexually assaulted the child stars. Among the names, Feldman says Sheen was the abuser who raped Corey during the filming of Lucas. He says, quote, this wasn't like a one-time thing, he said in passing. It oh wasn't God. like, oh, by the way, this happened. Yeah. He went into great detail, a crying Feldman said on the documentary about Haim, who died from pneumonia in 2010. Mm. Which was, I mean, he died from pneumonia, but he was right. a heavy drug user. Yeah, exactly. He told me, quote, Charlie bent me over in between two trailers oh and put Crisco oil, oil on my butt and raped me in broad daylight. Oh, my God. Anybody could have walked by. Anybody could have seen it. At the Jesus time in question, Christ. Haim was 13 and Charlie Sheen was 19. And ha- Haim was really a mentally damaged kid and young Definitely. after that. Yeah. It ruined why. his life. It ruined yeah. it. Yeah. Fuck, man. That's so horrible. But... By is the way, this, is this Feldman was saying this? Of right, course. Right. Feldman is a wacky wacko himself. But he's, he's obviously also had a world of hurt a at a young age. Hurt. Dude, have you, not to belittle this or anything, because it's clearly horrible, but you, you, I, mean, I, I would assume you've seen Feldman's music and seen some of that. I've seen just enough. Dude, it's wild. Yeah. It's like the worst Michael Jackson ripoff you'll ever see, but really weirder somehow (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah very strange so several other people featured in the documentary also claimed that either Haim directly told them he had been abused by sheen as a child or they had heard word of it from others years later Mm -hmm. in the doc feldman first named three other men he had previously accused of sexual abuse including dominic brasha a former actor and one-time friend of both Corey's. Mm. Dominic says, quote, Haim told me he had sex with Sheen when they filmed Lucas. He told me they spoke, they smoked pot and had sex. He said they had anal sex. Haim said after it happened, Sheen became very cold and rejected him. Mm. When Corey wanted to fool around again, Charlie was not interested. He continues that years later, quote, Haim told me he had sex with Sheen again. He claimed he didn't like it and was finally over Sheen. He said she, they said Charlie was a loser. Mm-hmm. Sheen, of course, categorically denies ever engaging in improper behavior with Haim. Quote, these sick, twisted, and outlandish allegations never occurred. Period. In my nearly 35 years as a celebrated entertainer, I have celebrated. been nothing shy of a forthright, noble, and valiant courier of the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Consistently admitting and owning a laundry list of shortcomings, wrongdoings, and indiscretions, this traveler hath traveled. However, every man has a breaking point. He added, these radically groundless and unfounded allegations uh, end now. I now take a passionate stand against those who wish to even entertain the sick and twisted lies against me. Game over. Game over? (laughs) He means business. The lawsuit was eventually dropped. You know what sucks about this? He's pl- he plays one of my favorite characters in film history, Ricky yeah. fucking Vaughn. Yeah. Ricky Vaughn, the pitcher in Major League, is it's like everything for me. Yeah. That's what I grew up on. He's so funny in it. Ah, oh, that's 
horrible. You know, not to mention Platoon. He was amazing in Platoon. You know what's not amazing? What? Is that Haim tragically died of pneumonia-related health complications on March 10th, 2010, after his lifelong struggle with drug addiction, I'm sure brought on by all of the abuse that he suffered in his childhood. Sure didn't help. No, definitely not. So that oh, yeah, is yeah, the yeah. celebration of James's birth. Thanks, Ash. Yeah, happy birthday, James. <laughs> As always, super dark. My sources were The Impartial Reporter, The New York Times, The New York Post, CBS News, TheThings.com, Radar Online, New Zealand Herald, and Entertainment Weekly. All right. Well, that was actually fun. Um, (laughs) Well, that was fun. Thanks for ruining everything. (laughs) Look, this is a tough one for me because this is a good reminder. So often, the people that we love that make art are often total scumbags in real life. Yes. And we've talked about this before. Like, how do you... Is Michael Jackson too much for you? What he did to people? Can you no longer listen to his music? Maybe that's who you are. I won't decide for you. I still think he's the king of pop. I think Thriller's the best record ever made. But I don't have to do with that. Because I'm always conflicted. I'm like, but he's a, he's a demon. Like yeah. an actual demon. I know. But he made some bitchin' music, man. I think you just have to pick and choose... What is, uh, look, if you like, made Billie Jean, then I might <laughs> be willing to exactly <laughs> damn it. No, I know the wild thing, well, you, the best. What's nice, at least, is that Michael Jackson is not currently, um, reaping any benefits from you listening to his music, right? That's true. Charlie Sheen still is yeah. collecting royalties on the, the time things you read that Major League, yeah. Which I have to do once a year, every baseball season. Yeah, I go through the Sandlot, Major League. But mm-hmm. you already own dreams. Major League, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Everyone, yes. we have another podcast friendship brewing. We sure do. So our new friend podcast is titled "Fire Breathing Kittens." Now that I'm is happy a about heck this. of a name. Yeah. Yes. Um. So they are. An actual play one-shot podcast that plays various tabletop role-playing games with a season-long plot. So, because there's a beginning and an end to each week's story, you can start wherever you want. You can focus on just the tabletop RPGs that you're interested in. If you're a nerd, we're all nerds. Clearly, you're a nerd if you're listening to this show. Yeah. Um, check it out. Every week has a different combination of four from the same rotating cast group of people. Mm-hmm. So join Fire Breathing Kittens as they solve detective mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Ooh. I will definitely check that out. That is down the dark rabbit hole that I am all about. Yep. That and is really great name. Great name. Fire Breathing Kitten? Is that what you said? Fire Breathing Kittens. Kittens. Multiple. Check it out. On a different note, before we move on to our recommended picks and wrap this sucker up, um, I'm turning 40. So it's not just my birthday, okay? It's a big deal. It's a deal. big birthday. It's kind of a big deal. It is a big one. And for our dear listeners, I think I've talked about this a few times now, the last few birthdays, but I, I really hated getting older. I hated it. And turning 40 was something... It's a, you know, for some reason we make it a thing. Right. 40. It's not a thing. It's just another number. And A, I am very thankful and blessed that I'm still here. 
I have a lot of friends who never even made it to 30. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having the audacity to complain about turning 40 seems pretty insane. Right. It's very bratty and stupid to complain, complain about getting older. And secondly, I'm very happy. Yeah. Thank God. I'm turning 40 with people I love and people that love me. I'm not homeless. Like, yeah. the future's bright. Your health is pretty good. Yeah, it's all good, You're, baby. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I remember being young, thinking of a number, like, turning 40, and just hoping to God that I had it somewhat figured out by then. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say I'd have it all for, like, oh, my God, I'm still a wreck. We all are. Right. But that's the point. Yeah. Where you always will be. Um, but I am just very thankful for all that I have as I turn 40. So well, there you good. Go. Happy stinking birthday. Thanks, man. You too. Thanks. Uh, do we have any picks? I have one. I you do. One? Yeah. Kick us off, Sarah. All right. So I think I've already recommended this, but it was the first season and I didn't know that there was going to be a second season, but okay. The Bear. The Bear? Uh-huh. Did I ever recommend that one? Does the that sound bear. familiar? Let's Lip see. from Shameless is the main character. God, this sounds somewhat familiar. It's on Hulu, and it is... Listeners, are we crazy to charity do this? I don't know. I don't know. Well, regardless of whether or not I recommended the first season, I'm I'm recommending the first and the second season now, because the second season go. dropped, and we have been binge-watching it. Haven't made it through the whole thing yet, but probably will by tonight. Okay. It's that good. Um, it's the story of this guy who inherits a restaurant... But it's like a shitty, broken down sandwich shop in Chicago. Bear is in like the animal bear. Uh huh. Okay. It's like kind of his nickname. He's his name's Carmine Barazanto or something like <laughs> something like that. It's okay. you know. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, they he inherits this restaurant after his brother passes away, and he has just recently come back from being a chef at noma it's like michelin star um you know he's yeah he's very talented and he like inherits this just run down destroyed chaotic environment and there are some shop. it is a constant stress watching this show hmm. for several reasons like the the dynamic of the people they all like love each other, but are constantly fighting and just yelling at each other and talking over each other. It's very stressful. But also, having worked in a restaurant now, mm -hmm. I can say that there are so many things that are highly relatable. Um, of course. So anyone who's ever worked in a kitchen, especially, you got to check this show out if you haven't already. It's it's so incredibly well done. and I like him, too. I love him. Got a lot of cool people in it. And the second season, there's all kinds of cameos. So it's like an Italian sandwich shop? Mm -hmm. That's Okay, cool. That yeah. sounds great. Second season, you get to see uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and um, John Mulaney. Oh, nice. So, um, but it's, it's funny. It's like a comedy drama. Yeah, yeah, it is funny, but it is but real. mostly drama. Yeah. But it's like chaotic mm -hmm. i i can't stress that enough gotcha okay yeah i love it yeah very There's good so many good shows out there now i know There's so much to choose from that's a tough thing isn't it it's one of the things i love about flying like i can just finally drill through something right. <laughs> <laughs> i 
I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh-huh. Like, I needed to see that again, but I just drilled through season 10. <laughs> season 10. So good. Yeah. So good. Um, that's not my pick, actually. My pick this week, in honor of Dolly Parton. Yep. Bert. There he is. So we finally watched the best little whorehouse in Texas with Ashley. Oh. You and I grew up on it, Sarah. Yeah. Inappropriately Why? so. <laughs> I know. Hey, Mom. Hey. Hey, Mom. What are you doing? <laughs> what the? Hey, Mom. What's with the exorcist? And best little whorehouse in Texas. It's like it's a musical. It's cute. Yes, but there's also a lot so of so much tits. humping. So yeah. much, so much humping. Just humping. Humping. It, it's not graphic. Humping, but you know what? But it's humping. To mother's credit, she's a very progressive woman, mm-hmm. and I love her for that. I yes. truly do. Yes. She she didn't make things taboo. Nope. And never. Because of that, we didn't want it as much. No. Nope. It was a very brilliant totally. move. Yeah. She was very open about like, yeah, your dad and I used to smoke pot when we were younger. And here's Best Little Warehouse in Texas. And uh-huh. here's a scary movie. Yep. So there is a, a genius to it, for sure. Um, I have definitely modeled my parenting yeah. after that. No, so I, in all honesty, there's not a lot. It's just funny because it's, it's it, atypical. No, it's really funny to say, like... What's one of the movies you grew up on? I mean, all the time. Oh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. It's in the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and to the film's credit, it is, and, and the, the musical, it's a wildly progressive, sex-positive story. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it makes, I, I just love the movie so much because it starts out where, like, the bad guys are the, the uptight, conservative people that want to kick out these sex workers and the the sinful people uh-huh. and shame Dolly Parton's character, even though she's like an upstanding citizen that pays her the taxes. The town loves her. The, the ta- town loves the that's institution. That's the whole thing. It's the whole state loves the institution, yeah. Chicken yeah. Ranch. But in the end, the story isn't they save the Chicken Ranch, the girls get to still be prostitutes. Right. No, it does shut down. They do move on with their lives. Spoiler alert. Well, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> whatever. When did it come out? 85? Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet. That's on that's you. That's on you. <laughs> but I just like, I like that, that like, I won't ruin some of the other endings, but that part um, is worth ruining because it's, it's like, I don't know, it, there's a brilliance to it. That it, It's a full circle. The scene where she sings, I will always love you oh, on the stairs oh, and yeah. she's crying. Oh, 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 kills me. And she's like talking in between it. Like, yeah. Oh my God. And also that song you know, at a quick glance, it seems like a love song about just I love you. And I'm loving. Uh-huh. It's a breakup song. Yeah, she's saying like we may not work out together, right? And in spite of that, I will always love you. Yes, and, and that you is know, she, a different take on the, the song. The story is that she wrote that for the person who was managing Porter, her? Porter, Porter Wagner. Porter yeah. Wagner, yeah. And she sang it to him. And she wrote that song and Jolene in the, in the same, same week. Day. Uh, in yeah. the same week. Yeah. It was like within a couple days. Yeah. 48 hours or something. Nuts. Nuts. Oh, Legend. She's so good. She's so good in the movie. It's it's such a great musical. Burt Reynolds is incredible. Everyone's great in it. It's very cheesy. It's very cheesy. It's very 80s. Very 80s. Dom DeLuise's character wears um, It's actually 1980s, so it's really clothing. more 70s yeah. than anything. Yeah. 
Yeah, Domlin, his haircut is wild. Yeah, well, his Just, wig. His wig, it's the, the bangs. I have the little page boy God, wig. I remember even as a kid thinking that guy is, is not safe. When Burt Reynolds first goes to talk to him, and he's in, and Dom DeLuise's character is in the dressing room getting ready for the TV yeah, show. Yeah, And he's like putting on all these weird clothing items you've never seen in no, your life. No, strappy things. Strappy things. <laughs> yeah. So many strappy things. And then like a, a, a big sock in his pants. Uh-huh. He's dressing almost like the opposite of a drag queen. Yes. He's like. Yeah, he's. Ex- yeah, he's trying to make himself things. look more masculine, but it's. Just and like work. the shoulder no. pads, uh-huh. instead of having a, a coat with shoulder pads, which is the normal sane way to do right. it, he has like these shoulder pad things that, again, the strappies. It's yep. like a bra. Uh-huh. He puts on a bra that just has <laughs> shoulder pads. And I turned to Ashley. I'm like, have you ever seen that in your life? She's like, never. Like, you never. You know what's funny is I'm remembering that as you're saying it, but I didn't even notice it growing up. So that many strappy things. Yeah. So funny, that's exactly how I would describe it. Weird. Anyway, incredible movie, and that's my official pick. Check Good it pick. out. Cool. My animal heroes of the week are uh, our, our girl cats, Una and Doris. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have been serving us as interns for three years, and they have finally been made full employees. Yeah, salary and benefits. Yep. Yep. Um, and since we promoted them, we had to hire two new interns. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to see how they work out. We'll see. They're little bastards. Their names are Benny the Jet Rodriguez and Desmond. Two, two bonded brothers. Yeah, Black and white. So damn cute. So cute. I just well, got to meet them. One is a little cotton ball of a boy. I mean, he feels like a cotton ball. Mm-hmm. And he's real derpy and sweet and he cuddly. And the other one is equally as cute, but he's short-haired cat. Beefy. Beefy. He's just a big muscle boy. He's got the biggest feet. Big feet, just a little clunker and a bruiser. And they both kind of look like Eugene Levy to me. Yep. (laughs) And Desmond has a boner on his face. Yes, he does. Oh, he definitely does. So when you see pictures, look for the boner. Yep. And And look to the stars. And look to the stars. (laughs) Well, sir, shall we? Thanks for listening to another episode of Disney Dependent. See See you real soon. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at DisneyDependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WRHatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles. And you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show. And we'll be back here next week. <laughs>